Hey guys, how's it going? Today's episode is brought to you by Tacticalories Seasoning Company. They are based out of Webster, New York, and they offer high-quality seasonings such as Adirondack Smoke Barbecue, Hand Cannon Honey Habanero, and my personal favorite, Bosco Blend. You can check them out online at tacticalories.com and find them on Instagram at tacticalories. All right, guys. Hello, and welcome to episode number 15 of the JD Outdoors podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at JD underscore outdoors 1773. My guest today will be my good friend and mentor, Scott Gauld. Today, we'll be talking about fishing a chug bug. How are you doing today? Oh, great. I'm here in my classroom at school, so you probably remember this place very well. Yep. My desk was right, right uh, next to you. <laughs> right, right here. Like literally, yep, yep. yep. Just to my right. So, I mean, let's dive right in. Uh, can you give me a little background uh, on your fishing career? How did you start? When did you start fishing? Uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, I, I mean, really, I, it, when I look at fishing, uh, I've been fishing my entire life. I, I Probably from the age of a year and a half, whenever I could hold a rod um i that's when i started fishing for like sunfish and perch and things like that um i began to really kind of evolve my you know more tournament type skills uh throughout my teen years without even really knowing i was kind of prepping for tournaments i i was really obsessed with catching bass and figuring out ways to catch bass and uh i really during my teenage years, it involved everything from sneaking on like local golf courses right here in North Tonawanda uh, and fishing some of the ponds to uh, really trying to expand, um, it, it, you, you know, what type of baits I could catch fish on, trying to get a good understanding, uh, you, you know, plastic worms, spinner baits, jigs, different things like that. And it really wasn't until um, right uh, near the end of college and kind of transitioning into my teaching career, uh, I met a gentleman that came in the sporting goods store where I was working and he invited me to uh, uh, join Western New York Bassmasters. And that then really opened my eyes to the competitive realm of bass fishing. And then they, you know, kind of expanded from there too. So yeah. Who was the one who was the guy who came in? Um, his name was Leo Syracuse, and he was a long term, uh, long time member of Western New York Bassmasters. And it, it, we just started a conversation. He said, hey, you'd be a good candidate to join the bass club. And I said, Yeah, I said, I've always wanted to fish bass tournaments. Uh, for the past couple of years, I just didn't know how to go about doing it. Yeah. And so he invited me to a meeting. And literally within, you know, the next three or four weeks, I was out on uh, a bass boat fishing as a non-boater um, and fishing in my first uh, couple bass tournaments uh, in a very, very short period of time. So yeah, that's awesome for sure. And I'm now in Western New York Bass Masters because of you and uh, Andy Full and Justin Warner. So I'm kind of, we're, 
Right. It, it's not, and in all honesty, right. What, when I joined, I mean, I was, I was the young guy. I was 23, 24, just starting kind of my teaching career. Um, I, all these other guys, they were older, they were established. They were names I had read about, like, it, it, you, know, you know, even in like local news columns, like, oh, this guy won this tournament or this yeah. guy did this and caught this fish and everything. And uh, I, I was just I, kind of in awe as to I, who I was beginning to fish against. Yeah. And then now you guys are that next generation and you've taken the club, uh, I, I think, in a, a great new direction. It's, it's reinvigorated uh, the tournaments. And, and when you talk to the long-term members who've come back yeah. and started fishing again, uh, the tournaments have run so smoothly, so efficiently. Uh, the fish care, the, 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 you know, the attention to detail with the scales and everything. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it, it is just, you, you guys have done it very, very well. Right? Thank you. So Thank you. A, the younger crew. I just made a post on Instagram. I know you don't go on Instagram much, but uh, I made a post on the club page and uh, it was from that open we did on Erie. And I think we had 12 boats and almost everyone brought in a full bag of smallies. And I don't think we lost a single one. Right. Right. And that's coming so, out 40 plus foot of water sometimes. And so, you know, they have to be fizzed and all of that, but I don't, I, if how many fish is that you know that's a, that's a good amount of fish that we didn't lose you know and oh yeah it, it, you're talking probably 60 fish or yeah. being brought in and yeah. then uh not to mention the ones that were probably called and and just yeah. even sent back almost immediately out on the water too you're probably i knowing lake erie this time of year I, I, you're probably a couple hundred fish easily yeah. easily that we're talking about. yeah and uh, also part of your uh, your fishing career that I think is pretty awesome is you were on city limits fishing, mm -hmm. which uh, a lot uh, of people it, know of that show. It, uh, it hosted city limits fishing uh, with Byron Velvick after he took over um, from uh, Mike Iconelli. And uh, Buffalo was kind of on their short list of places that that they wanted to go it was a, a city that um it was really becoming recognized as as a small capital up here in the north and um when byron called me and i i had met byron and and spent a little bit of time with him uh in the past at uh different tournaments and events and things like that so so we kind of had a a uh, little bit of background history and, and everything. So he was very comfortable with me fishing with him. I was very comfortable uh, it, with with him. We, we talked to the producer, I, we, we, you know, kind of um, we, you know, back and forth calls that set it up. Yeah. And of course, the weekend uh, that they were coming here, we had a coastal hurricane uh, <laughs> come up the East Coast and basically push all the water uh, in Lake Erie back down toward uh, Cleveland and uh, Sandusky, Ohio, and yeah. that end of the lake. Well, I, our end of the lake dropped about three or four feet wow. uh, the day or two before we were going to film. 
And it, it no doubt uh, re really kind of put a hurt on some of the smallmouth fishing that, that we could do. Uh, but I, our idea was to catch uh, at least 10 bass and it didn't yeah. matter if it was largemouth or smallmouth. So we kind of targeted a mixed bag and awesome. we were able to put it together. So we were one of the successful cities on uh, city limits fishing. We caught two limits of bass in the allotted, under the allotted eight hours of time. I think we were at maybe six and a half hours or so. That's awesome. But um, yeah, yeah. Kind of some unique conditions uh, leading up to that day of, of fishing. And you That's were awesome. on the clock for a, a, anybody who followed that and said, oh, it, it, you, you know, the eight hours of fishing, it's it's not real. Uh, the producer started, started the timer on his phone and we were on the clock as soon as we engaged that motor. Uh, and a lot of time is, is wasted in the production uh, yeah. while on the water. They want to get a shot of the fish. They want to get a shot of baits, the lures, uh, everything like that. So it, it was a, um, a, you know, in six and a half hours of fishing, if we actually fish three to three and a half hours, they, that would really surprise me. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, this kind of leads us to the next question, and uh, that is, mm -hmm. what is your best bass fishing memory that you have? I've heard countless amounts of stories from you uh, over the yeah. years of bass um, fishing. So, like, if you had to pick one that's your favorite, what what do you think it would be? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I, I, I mean, everything from winning the uh, – uh, the Bryce Lake Open Tournament as uh, the only American team in there, um, I, I, you know, against some heavy uh, Canadian competition. That was really cool. That was, uh, I, I would say that that would have to stand out in my, my memory too as well. Um, I, the partner I had, Adam Freeman, had just graduated from high school, uh, and I, he was, uh, it, you, you know, I, again, somebody that I kind of mentored uh, along the way, and he and I went up to Rice Lake that I had very, very little experience on, but we were able to capitalize on this post-spawn spot that held both big, uh, largemouth and smallmouth. And uh, we visited the spot two times in practice and both times caught fish over five pounds. Wow. And said, it, 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 two fish five, eight, eight, over five pounds each. And we said, leave it alone. Don't draw any attention to it because it was a spot this size. It, it was probably, um, it, you, you had about a 15 foot area. Right, that these fish were all kind of hunkered down in and we we knew that they were stacked in there and it was just a matter of of showing up on tournament day and being able to uh, uh capitalize on that spot yeah. so we were we were able to do that we came in we came in early and they said oh you guys still have another 45 minutes or so before your flight suit we said no we're weighing in now we didn't want to lose any fish because yeah. we had uh, four small mouths and a big large mouth and we were one of, one of the first probably 10 teams out of 100 teams to weigh in. And we stood there for the next hour and a half, just sweating it out, uh, watching all these teams uh, bring their bags across the stage. 
and uh, we were able to to pull off that um, that victory there in Canada. And it, what was what was really kind of kind of uh, uh, unique about that was even where we were staying, there were all these Canadian teams and and some of the bigger names in Canadian fishing and everything, and they wouldn't talk to us. They they were like, oh, these you know American guys and this young kid, I, I, you know. At the next tournament, everybody's talking to us. Oh, how'd you catch those fish on rice? What were you using? I, I, you know, how did you find that mixed bag? And and I, I, you know, we were everybody's friend after that. Yeah. So we, we kept the information very generic. I'll put it yeah. that way. Very generic as far as what we were using. So yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's uh, that's usually how it goes. Everyone's your best friend after you do good, or you catch them one mm -hmm. day, and then everyone's your best friend. So, yeah. I, I the other memory though, I, the other memory that that I got to share though is is it kind of it, very similar, but happened with another club member, uh, Ian Cash Dollar. Oh, okay. And we were on, uh, yeah, we were on Cuca Lake, and it, we're coming down Cuca Lake. I had four fish. It was pouring rain. Uh, we had had issues with the battery dying on the boat, everything, you, you know, just being, uh, it, it draining it from running, uh, the live wells and stuff like that all day. And we're running down the lake and, um, if, if anybody's familiar with Cuca uh, Lake, it's a Y shaped lake. So we had to go from the top of one Y down to the intersection and then way back up the other side. So uh i i don't know it's 20 23 miles that that we had to right. kind of traverse so we gave ourselves a lot of time so we got down I, I, we're getting closer to the junction i kind of look at my watch and i say man we're doing okay for time but the it, the rain's coming down and everything and i look and i see this one dock and i said to him i go ian we got to go in and try this one dock and he said okay so we go in I keep the big motor running. I skip under this dock and I feel this fish pick it up. And I'm like, oh man, I just missed one. I said, fire in there again. All of a sudden I said, oh yeah, it's on. And I see this huge tank of a large mouth just come swimming out. It's got my bait in the side of its mouth. I'm like, Ian, get the net, get the net. Oh, he nets it. We throw it into the live well. I don't even have time to unhook it. I grab my scissors. I just I, I, I said, I'll unhook it. Uh, it, it. You know, when we get closer to the launch, it, it, if we're doing okay for time, I just cut the line. We put it in the live well. Now I have five fish. I have this giant fish that I know is, you know, six and a half to seven pounds. And it, it, again, I just pull, pull the trolling motor, engage the big motor, and we just go. And so then we get down around the junction. I'm like, okay, we're doing good for time. Pop the hook out of the mouth throw it on the floor. We keep going. We get into the launch and I have this six, seven, five large mouth and anchor in my bag. I end up winning the tournament, but the crazy thing was, was the club records large mouth was also caught that day at seven, two, five. So it, here I had a record setting fish that I caught on my very last pass with the big motor running. And it's still, it would have been the record had the 725 not been caught. Yeah. But it was just absolutely crazy. And again, it, you know, I know it's cliche in bass fishing to say, like, never give up and 
that's the trademark of a well-known angler. But honestly, you can never give up even on that, that very, very last pass, you know, when you have seconds, just literally seconds to, uh, to spare. So you got to just keep fishing right up to that final, that final buzzer, really. So. I was going to bring that up because you always you always say to Alex and I, Alex is his son and uh, we're good friends. And uh, <laughs> Alex has been on the podcast once before and he'll be on again soon. But uh, you always tell us never give up. And so we try to fish to the last minute and, you know, every now and again, it pays off and you catch that fifth fish or something to finish your bag off. So it's always uh, always good advice to fish till the last minute because you never know what's going to bite or you might catch a right, right. <laughs> seven pound fish. I, I, I mean, we had that happen. Yeah. We had that happen uh, this year at Chautauqua. We had three fish and it was 250 and the tournament was over at, at uh, three o'clock and we pulled in uh, where we could see the launch. Um, and I, I just started firing baits in all directions. I, I got a four pounder and I say, I, I looked at Alex, I said, I'm going to finish this off in the next cast. I catch, you, you know, like a 13 incher, but, but it was enough to fill the limit. Yep. And it, you, it'll probably jump us up six places in the standings yep. that day. Uh, and I, it, it, at that point, I'm throwing the fish in the live well. He's firing up the big motor, and I'm like, just gun it, gun it, because we, we had, you know, two minutes to spare, really. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, again, you, you know, you just you keep fishing until until you absolutely have to stop. Yep, so. for sure. So, obviously, you've been fishing for your whole entire life, and you've fished a lot of cool places, and you've gotten a lot of opportunities to go uh, fish, where is your dream place to fish? Or have you already fished there? Or is it still on your list to knock off or what? Yeah, dream place. I, 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 a lot of people always kind of have this notion of like, you, you know, the glamour lakes in Florida and everything. And I, I've been down to a lot of them and they're good, they're good. Um, my dream place is, I, I, I mean, not that I've actually found anything that's really a secret, but, um, I, I love going to Florida, just driving down the road and saying, oh, that lake looks good or that place looks good. Hey, I bet you I can get the boat in there. Uh, it, especially if I have the boat with me or kayaks or something yeah. and just kind of find a, a, a not so glamorous lake and you go in there and you, you, you have a day of just it, maybe they're not eight pound fish, but it, you, you know, you catch 10, four pound fish. Yeah. Um, I, I love doing things like that. Um, I, I would say if I, if I could fish anywhere, uh, somewhere in South America where I could get into the monster peacock, uh, oh, yeah. it, it, you know, I kind of, uh, I, I've been addicted to peacock bass fishing. Um, I, I, you know, by going to Florida, uh, Alex and I went there two years ago, and and uh, it, you know, kind of caught the peacock bug. And it, you know, what's available in Florida, they're great fish, uh, but you're not going to catch those, you, you know, twelve to fifteen yeah. pounders, eighteen pounders, and stuff like that. 
So I would say I'd love to take a dream trip to, you know, South America, go for some peacocks, uh, especially on top water, um, yeah. you know, and reaction baits and things like that. And uh, do that. That would be my, you know, that's on my bucket list. I'll get there. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. I, I like that. I've, I've never caught a peacock bass. That's definitely on my bucket list to do. But uh, I, I can only imagine I've heard of people uh, going to South America and catching them and just they're monstrous fish. Just insane. They, they're awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Fish. And they love bass lures. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. So I guess now we'll kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the episode and uh, the main topic today. And that is, uh, what is your favorite setup or setups, if you have multiple, uh, for fishing a chug bug? Uh, you know, go over the rod, the reel, uh, lock, yeah. lure, hooks you have on there, everything. Right, sure. Um, and chug bug really became one of my go-to topwater lures, I mean, 20 plus years ago, really. Um, and it, it's gone through a couple different uh, variations and everything, but um, I, I still have some of the original, original storm uh, chug bugs that I just keep repurposing and reusing. Um, really, I, I mean, the 3 8 ounce uh, chug bug is super versatile as a topwater bait. Um, especially I, my favorite time to use it is that late June post-spawn season uh, throughout the summer really and then I, I into the fall when it when it kind of dictates but um, it, it, to get it set up I, I mean I, I used to use a six and a half foot um, a medium to the, or, or some, sometimes a medium heavy uh, depending on on the rod i've gone now with a seven foot uh a medium uh that'll border almost on a uh, a medium heavy but i i like the seven foot uh rod styles that are out there now uh it, the reels i've been using um I, a lot of the um the loose reels in the uh, something in that low seven gear ratio high six to low seven gear ratio range and i have always gone i've been a fan of 17 pound mono line with that uh fluorocarbon is a, as you know is a sinking line um doesn't work well i on top water other other people may be able to use it um i like uh, a good 17 pound mono um, I, you know, oftentimes in it really depending on the lake too. Uh, but like on some of the local lakes, like Chautauqua, that has a little bit of algae or something like that in it. Um, it, you, you know, some particulate there in the lake. Um, I, I'll go with a green, uh, as far as the line goes, gotcha. you, you know, uh, I always make sure on the lure that, that I'm uh it tying um i'll make sure that the chug bug has a split ring uh, on the front i apologize You're for good. the uh the bell sound there <laughs> okay. and um i the uh uh 
the split ring then on the front, uh, I, I will uh, direct tie to the, uh, to the split ring. The one modification that, that I really do is I upsize the front hook on most of them. Uh, I believe they come with a standard size six treble and I will go with a high quality, like a VMC uh, size four. So I'm, I'm upsizing that front treble uh, because a lot of times that's the, uh, it, the fish are gonna hit it from the front. And so okay. that, that front treble hook really becomes the business uh, hook on, on the setup. So uh, especially, I, and it sounds funny, I'll do it with smallmouth. And you might say, well, why are you going with a bigger hook on a, on a smallmouth? Because a lot of times they're only getting that front of the bait in their mouth. So you, you want a good size treble and you know how smallies, when they hit top water, they're going to tail walk and yep. do everything to throw that bait. Yep, for sure. So I, I like a little extra, yeah, I, I like a little extra hooking power uh, of a size four on that. And like I said, the, the weight, uh, the weight I'm going to use with that is, is generally the standard size, the three eighths ounce uh, chug bug. And on that setup, like like the seven foot, you can bomb that thing a mile a lot of times. And I, I know using the mono, you're going to get some line stretch, but there's a, there's a, a couple things that you got to keep in mind. The cadence that I'm using is usually like a pop, pop, pause, pop, pop, pause, or I'll do like a triple. I'll go like boom, 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 pause, boom, 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 pause. And it, when that fish comes up and hits, it, a lot of times you'll see it from the side. Sometimes it'll come up behind and I stay in my mind. I get a cadence in my mind. I go one, two, set, right? Yeah. Because that fish has to take that bait down. It's got to turn it in its mouth. And it, it, in that time, you're reeling, you're taking up any slack and it, you get that hook set. And uh, it, it, Alex will tell you when I'm on with that, I'm on. It, yeah. it, it's, it's boom, boom, boom. I'm getting the cadence down, fish will come up and you literally can count in, in my head, one, two, set, one, two, set. When, yeah. when those fish are taking those, uh, that, that top water down. So, yeah, for um, sure. once you get on that, the rhythm. worst, the, the worst is probably first, the first time or two during the course of the year, uh, when you're real antsy and uh, tr trigger happy almost, yep. and you, you see that first fish coming up and pull it away from it. But, yep, um, for sure. Okay, as long as you kind of get that pause in there, you're good. Yeah, and, and for those who are watching this podcast and not just listening, I got a few chug bugs here. Uh, usually they come with, uh, where is it, more of like a, a tinsel uh, treble hook on the back, but I've tied up some of my own feather trebles. This is a pretty old chug bug. It's, it's beat up and been used and caught a bunch of fish, but, uh, you know, we've got a few different colors here with gold, black back, and then this one had an orange hey, belly on it. Yeah. That is money right there. Hold that gold one up. Hold that gold one up. Yeah, black. Bat. I love that one. That is a there again. That's I. Yep. Oh man, I, I love it. Trouble on this one too, and uh, and I believe I did upsize the hooks on these as well. Uh, like you mentioned, I upsized both hooks, but um, 
Yeah, you really can't beat it, honestly. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's just such a versatile bait because it, it unlike a lot of top, uh, you know, poppers or whatnot, a regular popper is going to be a little shorter than this. So you're getting a little bit of a bigger slender profile with this and it kind of walks a little different than a regular popper will. And it's uh, definitely can't beat it, honestly. It's uh, And there's a reason they're still making it after all these years. It still it still catches fish, but uh oh yeah, it's I I mean I it's like you said you brought up the versatility of it I it's it's bait that I'll bomb I I'll bomb it along docks uh it's a bait that I'll uh fish out over weed flats I'll fish it in transition areas going from I did, you know, like shallow rock flats where they transition maybe into uh, uh, like like a weed line or something like that. And I, I, I'll use it sometimes as search bait. I'm always looking for visual cues on the water. I, you know, bait fish being chased, ripples, yeah. um, I, I, you know, something that's cluing me in, especially early in the morning or late in the day that, hey, these fish are coming up, they're, they're feeding on something on the surface. So. For sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the most fun ways, I think, to catch fish because it's so visual. You get to see almost the whole thing happen. And, you know, on a lake like Honey Eye or something, when there's so many fish, you can, you can pop it almost right up next to the boat sometimes and you can see one following it or if you're lucky you'll have one attack it right at the side of the boat and it's just funny because there's a fish that's you know, half too. the size of this get biting it what's that yep yeah well, I, i've actually at honey i've i've actually caught two on on the same bait like like at uh-huh. the same time it, that's awesome so it, because it, there'll be multiple facing it yeah yeah that's awesome. I've never had that happen, but hopefully soon that'll uh, I can make that happen. That'd definitely be an awesome experience, especially if you could duplicate that, do it twice, and you almost have a full bag right away. <laughs> That'd be a great way to start oh, off the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't fight; they pull against each other. It's like pulling in dead weight. So uh, they just kind of lay there with their their mouths open. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I got a few last questions to kind of wrap up the show. Uh, I don't, I don't like making these episodes too long, but um, just a few more questions, kind of fun to uh, get you thinking a little bit and uh, something that the viewers can take away from this. But uh, the first one, one of my favorites, uh, there's definitely some interesting answers for this, but uh, what is your favorite snack on the water? I know the answer, but just so the oh, viewers, man. You know. <laughs> protein bars. I yep. gotta have my protein bars. You know, pure protein or maybe a Cliff Bar or something like that. Like, like, I, I gotta, I gotta feed my, I gotta feed my face every couple hours just to keep my blood sugar going and yep. and feel full. You know, I can't, I can't fish when I'm hungry. So yep. it's gotta be something. You know, with calories, some protein. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alex and I always joke that he eats about six protein bars during a tournament. And, but 
Definitely one of my favorite snacks as oh. well. Something quick, easy. You turn I on the computer. What's that? Yeah. I can eat them when I'm running down the lake full speed, you know, got the hammer down and I'm sitting yeah. there eating my, my protein bar behind the console. So, yeah. And then the last question, which I think is an interesting one, and you should definitely have a good view on it because you're a teacher and uh, you know what it's like to deal with uh, people in negative moods a lot. So uh, do you have any tips for staying positive on the water? Because as we all know, it's easy to go in that downhill spiral and uh, lose focus and get in a negative thought pattern. Yeah, I, I, I think some of the, the things I, I, there are multiple things it, that you can get into to, to keep yourself in a, a, like a positive mindset. One is even on the most difficult days, it, you've got to keep in your, in your mind, keep fishing, keep a bait in the water and it, think back to how many times, whether it be on local waters or something like that, that you've caught, you know, four or five fish in a very, very short period of time. And even if it's get, getting down to like that last hour or so, and you kind of start to feel that panic coming in. I mean, there've been times where I've left school here where I'm like, you know what? I, I have an hour I, I, to, to get out and I'll go out on the river and I'll catch 10 fish. So you, you got to keep in your mind, you got to keep in your mind like, hey, you know what, maybe these first seven hours, I, I've made every mistake in the book. Now in that last hour, can I do it? Can I find five fish? I found five fish in five minutes before. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times too, I, I kind of, I, you, you know, the endorphins and things like that in your mind, it's almost like playing a slot machine. You, you know, like every cast is like, like a pull on the slot yeah. machine. And it, it, whether you're throwing your bait into a pocket, whether you're skipping under trees or a dock or something like that, every single one of those could lead to the next jackpot, right? It could, I, it could be that, uh, you, you know, that last cast of the day could lead to that huge fish. Yeah. Uh, it could be the limit filler on the last cast. It could be, I, you, you know, calling out a 12-incher or something like that with five or 10 minutes to go. And so you got to always try to keep that positive feedback loop going in your mind. Like, okay, this next cast could be it. This next cast could be it. And, um, you, you know, just try to stay as positive a, as you can. Uh, a, 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 and I think that comes with experience a, after you've kind of seen almost everything on the water. And I try to work with Alex on that. Um, I, I mean, he's been tournament fishing. I still, he turned 20 yesterday, yeah. but he's been tournament fishing since he was 20. Uh, but I still keep telling them, you still haven't seen everything. You still yeah. haven't seen um, a, a, every single weather condition, every single negative fish pattern, every single positive fish pattern, um, it, you know, switches in wind direction. You know, that magic patch of weeds uh, that has, you know, 30 fish around it and they're all willing to bite and you stumble on that with 45 minutes to yeah. go. 
And it can happen. It, it, it can happen. And I always say, too, when you're tournament fishing, you're going to win a tournament that you probably should have lost. You know, you're going to come in and you're going to have eight pounds. And you're, you're like, oh, my God, I lost a four-pounder at the boat. Uh, and everybody else is going to come in. They're going to have two or three fish. They had a, a rough day. Boom. And you get that first place check and you're like, I had eight pounds. How, how did that happen? Then there's a day where you're going to have 22, 23 pounds. And you're going to say, I didn't lose a fish. Every fish it, you know, came exactly where it should have, when it should have. You, you know, uh, I, I fished a perfect tournament and somebody comes in, they beat you by two ounces. And you're like, what else could I do? You know, so you're, you're gonna you're gonna win a tournament that you probably should have lost statistically, and you're gonna lose a tournament that you fished absolutely perfectly, and it's just it's the name of the game. It's the name of the game. So you you got to just shake it off, get over it, and just be ready for the next lake. You know, yeah. down the down the. That's for, so, that's for yeah. sure and uh i have an experience with alex when we were fishing honey eye going back to the making the cast and having faith in that cast and we were fishing this patch of weeds that we found during the tournament so it was just kind of random just matted weeds and we probably made the exact same cast 10 times and we were getting blown up on a few times, but Alex was like, bro, we got to leave. We got to go fish something else. And I'm like, Alex, I know that there's a fish here. We got it. We got to do it. So then probably on like the 20th cast into that area, a little large mouth comes up, blows up on it. And I think it filled our limit. So, you know, it, it pays off to make that same exact cast. If, you know, especially when you know that there's a fish there, chances of them biting it go up, obviously, the more mm -hmm. you throw in there and, uh, it's just, you never know. Cause that fish could have never, you know, never bit, but it did. And it changed the, you know, the, the day for us. Cause, uh, that was one of the days where every bag was the winning bag was 10 pounds. And then every bag till fifth place was 10 pounds. And then from there down, it was nine pounds. And Alex and I ended up in like middle of the pack because we got that, because we got that fish. So it was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, another situation, never give up on a spot and, you know, stuff like that. But, Right, right. Yeah. So, thank you for answering those questions. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. You definitely yeah. gave a good aspect on it. And so I guess uh, I'll wrap things up here. I'll say the outro, and uh, we'll be good to go. Thank you for being on the show cool. today. I do really appreciate it. Uh, I learned a lot, and I always learn a lot from you. And I hope the listeners learned as well. Um, Another quick question, I guess, is there anyone you would like to shout out? Any sponsors, pro staffs uh, that you've been working with or any any person or anything like that? Um, I, I, I would definitely I, I like to shout out. I, I've been with Venom Lures, uh, they, you know, 20 years now. And uh, they, they're a great American-made bait, made right in Ohio. Um, I, and they have done absolutely everything right by us over the course of um you know the past 20 years so they've been fantastic um if you if you're looking for a great selection of the baits check out uh mike's shop down at machias outdoors 
and he's got a whole wall of venom baits and a, a you know great prices on him and everything like that if you're looking to stock up already for next spring so he's got a good selection down there i just checked him out last week and um he's always always willing to work with uh you know local companies and local vendors and everything so he puts in a lot of a lot of time getting to know his clients and stuff and uh mine lake marine if you ever need anything i can help you out bass boat wise i can help you out uh you know pontoon boat wise get you out of the water so um i like to plug them too. So our boats, Jordan and yeah. my boat, they're a line uh, Triton boat, but we can get you into, you know, basically any kind of fishing boat you'd want, any kind of leisure boat you'd want. And um, they, you know, become part of the Lime Lake family then. So yeah. Definitely. Can't forget about your kayak company. Oh, well, I, I you, you know, I, 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 if anybody is interested in kayaks, uh, it, it's been quite a year keeping them in stock too. Um, but I do sell advanced elements kayaks. Um, and I, my brand is uh, Renegade Kayaks. And um, I, I can get you on the water. They're all inflatable kayaks. You can backpack with some of these. You could take them up into high Adirondack uh, ponds uh, where only <laughs> you'll have access to uh, float around in them. Um, I, there are kayaks that I've used that are uh, you know, worthy of taking them out into the Gulf of Mexico, uh, the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, I, when people think of inflatable kayaks, they think of you know cheap, big box store pool toys and these are not that advanced elements kayaks are some of the top of the line uh inflatable kayaks and you can take them anywhere you don't need a roof rack um okay you put them right in your trunk put them in the back of your pickup truck suv whatever you have and they are ready to go and they last you know forever they're basically bullet so. yeah they are cool. Yeah. I've, I've Thanks for reminding me. I, 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 yeah, I, I hate to sometimes shamelessly self-plug, but, you know, yeah, it, you've seen them in use. And, yep. So, absolutely. Well, thanks, Jordan, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. We'll have to have you on again uh, down the road and talk about, because obviously you're a very uh, versatile angler, so we can talk about some more uh techniques that you uh that you use and probably talk about dock fishing once it gets closer to springtime and whatnot when it's more applicable for people and uh yeah there's not too many in the water right now no no there is not uh but they're up our way yeah oh for sure no, yeah once you get down south that's a that's a different story and uh hopefully there's some people down south listening to this right now and uh can put some stuff to use that we talked about but uh yeah, thank you for uh, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for episode number fifteen or fifteen or sixteen. I think we're on episode fifteen, so uh, stay tuned for episode number sixteen of the JD Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Wu Tunston, Tacticaleries, X Zone Lures, Bass Pro Shops, Rika Outdoors, and now the JD Outdoor Lure Company. All right, thank you, Mr. Gold. I appreciate it.
Hey, not a problem, Jordan. Thanks, bud. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.